one that makes me want to dance, right? <laughs> Come on, guys, welcome back. Such fun music. I love our intro. Thanks, Josh, for that. I'm sitting here with uh, Captain Josh. Yo. How we doing, buddy? You doing well? I'm doing well. I'm hanging in there. You know what I'm really excited about today, Josh? Mark, uh, Pastor Mark's away this week, but um, we have sitting with us, my, by the way, my name is Brock, I'm with Josh, and this morning we have the privilege of Pastor Dan being in the house. How are you doing, Dan? What up? Pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. He's sitting here. With a maroon-colored surf shirt, O'Neal. I like it. Oh, my gosh. He's opening up a LaCroix. Uh, you put yeah. that right into the mic. That oh, had a good man. crackle to it. That yeah, was buddy. really nice. Yeah, we're not drinking any beers down here. Not yet, at least. No. But. <laughs> this is... Uh, down here. See, he said it, too. Down here. Yeah. Yeah. We are upstairs in the mezzanine at the bridge, and this is the bridge after hours. And... Uh, how are you guys doing? How are we feeling uh, this morning? Great, man. Good stuff. Every yeah, you know it's Halloween today. Yeah, so we are recording this. We always record a week or two in advance. And today is Hallow's Eve, Halloween. Are you guys dressing up for uh, Halloween this year? Josh? I am not. No dress I'm, up. I'm not a, I'm not a dresser-upper. Although... I do have one costume that I've had for going on maybe 15 years now. <laughs> uh, it is a hot dog costume. Oh, that's good. So I love when I, the Whenever hot I'm dog. in a pinch and someone says, hey, you have to wear a costume, <laughs> I pull it out. It's, yes, that is a <laughs> is good... There, is, there, is there mustard and ketchup on that hot dog? No, it's just, <laughs> it's just a, a wiener and some buns. No, <laughs> that's all it is. And that's all you need, really. I love that. Now, I have already dressed up. We went... This past Friday night to the uh, Hollywood Bowl to see a concert. It was amazing, the orchestra, and you were supposed to come dressed up to the Hollywood Bowl. Mm. So I uh, came as Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. I was looking. I was looking pretty good. Some people might not know who Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is a television show. He is a. Uh, on the show, he's a coach for a European football team, mm. and uh, he's American, a coach uh, for a European football team. It's on Apple TV. It's pretty funny. People yeah. like it. Yeah. It's- uh, I haven't seen it. Dude! I actually haven't seen it either. Oh! Yeah. I'm not a big series guy, though. I like I, movies. I typically am not a series guy either, and I haven't yeah. actually finished. It's be because of that. <laughs> I We haven't finished Ted Lasso. Um, which is ridiculous because I tend to just want to, if I'm going to watch something, I'll watch a movie. And now here's the biggest reason why, and I don't know why you aren't a series guy. I can't wait 10 episodes to find out who killed the person. It's too much. It's just too much. Oh. Give me it in two hours. Mm -hmm. I can't. I just don't have the time to watch 10 episodes for you guys to figure this thing out. It's too much. Why aren't you into series, Dan? Why just movies? Uh, I get into... Now, there are a few shows that I've watched the entire series, three, four, five seasons. But some of these shows, they just lose my attention after season two and 
they, the writing starts to get lazy, and then I just like, eh. Uh, yeah. I get you. I, I love movies, though. I am a huge what's, what's movie What's your buff. number one movie? If you could only watch one movie for the rest of your... Let's do this. If you could only watch one movie series for the rest of your life. The Matrix. Oh. Ooh, that is Josh, my favorite. You got my heart, Josh. That's a good one. Because The Matrix is my favorite movie, but I would say that my favorite series and they both have something in common, is The Hunger Games. They're okay. both dystopian. Yeah. yeah, I love The Hunger Games. You know, this is actually going into our topic today in Revelations 12 and 13. I should say Revelation 12 and 13. Um, what we have is what these movies portray, mm -hmm. which is there is something going on behind the scenes that you initially are unaware of. Mm -hmm. So like, let's talk about like The Hobbit. Okay. Now, Dan, you like The Hobbit. Yeah. You like The Matrix, Hunger Games. In The Hobbit, you actually see a dragon. Mm -hmm. And in Revelation 12, we see a dragon. Smaug. Yes. How does that... How is Tolkien writing the uh, the script of The Hobbit maybe inspired by some of the stuff we've been going through in Revelation? Sure. I mean, it's it's ultimately what we see going on is a cosmic battle of good versus e evil, the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. And I and and Tolkien was a Christian, yep. or at least he was a believer, um, and. I think, you know, that when I look at this passage in uh, chapter 12 about the dragon, I do think of how scary that dragon is in The Hobbit. I mean, smog, I mean, that dragon is ferocious. He he is ferocious. And, uh, but he has a weakness. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He has a weakness, and in Revelation chapter 12 into 13, we see this dragon who, who's not as invincible as he thinks he is. For sure. And the reality is, is that in the story, we see that he tries to kill Jesus mm -hmm. at his birth. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. Yeah. Jesus is the Lord of Lords, the mm -hmm. King of Kings, the Emperor of Emperors. Mm -hmm. He can't do it. And so in his rage, he lashes out against what Jesus holds most precious to him, his people. Mm -hmm. And the dragon in The Hobbit, you see coming out of the cave, angry mm -hmm. and blowing fire on the people. And uh, fortunately, what's I don't know the guy's name, shoots an arrow... In the one missing uh, breastplate mm -hmm. piece on the dragons, I can see that I can see the the Hobbit film in mm -hmm. my mind. It was a black arrow, I think it was. Yes, yeah. dude, that arrow was that was no like that was no Robin Hood arrow. No, that was like this long metal <laughs> like that was a fifty ooh! caliber arrow right there. <laughs> oh my gosh, unbelievable! Yeah, uh, absolutely insane but let's talk about this for a second this idea now i remember being a kid 
and Dan, Josh, I grew up in a charismatic church. Now, let me, let me explain what I mean by this. It was not unusual for me to see people praying all over the place. Mm-hmm. And that was a good thing. Here's maybe the not so good thing. It was also not unusual for me to see them casting out demons out of inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. Like they would walk into a room and feel like, oh, and then all of a sudden you would see them ca- feel like there's a demon in this door right here. And we're just talking about weird behavior, weird kind of over the top. I think there's a middle ground here. Mm-hmm. There, is, there is the type of Christian that thinks, oh, the enemy's conquered. There's no need for spiritual warfare. Mm. And uh, we just got to read the Bible. And it's not really a spiritual, you know, you're not really having a spiritual life other than some prayers and reading scripture and studying. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other type of Christian. When I was a kid, I saw these kinds of people. Everything was demonic, it felt like. And they're the opposite extreme. Mm -hmm. And it, it, to me, I've always just, as you get older, you realize most truth tends to be somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you guys deal with kind of that dichotomy? Us? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a little weird in in terms of, we we know this, Josh, but we it's my, what it's what makes us love you. I'm a little bit weird when it comes to like my my faith and understanding of everything that's around me. Um, there's for me, it's just all about constants. Uh, there's a lot of constant in in my life to where I it makes me just naturally land or in the middle of those two things. Mm. I didn't grow up in a household that was was on the extreme end, you know? Of either extreme. Of either extreme. Right. So mm. that has come to be what I consider my constant. It's just very, like, down the middle. Now, um, you know, as you're, like, explaining these two types of Christians, I think, well, is one right? Is one wrong? Mm. You know, like, because that is a fair question that people ask, you know, like, oh, uh, this person says this is demonic or this is, you know, do they, do they see something that I don't see? You know, do they feel so, are they experiencing God the correct way? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. so it's all these things. And so for me, I just kind of learned to, to, I don't dismiss anything that someone tells me, you mm-hmm. know, like I believe right now that there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on in particular in, yeah. in our community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been seeing a lot of that. And, but that's not something, and, and just me being honest, it's not something I go home and I think about, oh, there's a lot of spiritual war- warfare. It's something sure. that, like, I'm around it. Mm-hmm. Others who are more keen to that kind of, you know, sense have expressed that. And then it makes me go home and think about it. I'm like, oh, they're right. Right. You know, that, <laughs> this, there's a lot of stuff going on. I should, I should pray about it. Mm. I should... Mm tone down a little bit and and analyze what's going on think about what's going on and make decisions off of that but yeah and you know it's it's interesting what, what you said josh we have an opportunity because prayer is a mystery like 
if we don't pray really, like, do we have that much power? Does prayer make a difference? All these kinds of uh, questions. But the, I think when you look at it more as positively, God is inviting us to participate. We have a role to play, and our prayers play mysteriously a role in some of this stuff. Yeah, and absolutely. that's when the faith is fun. That's when it that's when the action happens, when we actually get off the the sidelines and get on the playing field, and now we're actually participating in what is happening maybe more in the invisible. Mm-hmm. But I think there is a I think there's a there's a in the people I have uh grown up with, um there was a tendency towards everything that the devil is behind everything. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other side, which I, the devil's behind nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, I remember my sister, this is kind of funny. Which one's I, more extreme? What, right? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, if I had to pick, I think I'm going the devil's behind everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because the other side I remember being in seminary and me bringing up the Holy Spirit. Now, I was in a seminary that didn't need, they literally said, we don't really need the Holy Spirit anymore because we have the Holy Scriptures. I'm not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. And so they were what's called dispensationalists, where there was different dispensations of time where God works differently. Now, this is the time where we have the Scriptures. We don't need the Holy Spirit. But I remember asking my professor in class being like, hey, what about the Holy Spirit? And everyone looking at me like I was insane. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. what do you mean? We have the scriptures. What are you talking about, Brock? And I was just like, man, isn't there? Yes, there are things that people do that is evil. There are things that the enemy is doing that is evil. And then there are things that the enemy is doing through people that is mm-hmm. that is evil. And I think all three are happening. Yeah, and I think it when you look at these these two passages, um, it's easy to, when we read the Bible to think about it through the lens of an individual. But what we see happening here is that this this darkness, this the the dragon and the beast, um, two beasts actually in in chapter thirteen, that uh, this is this is a um, an oppression and a battle against the church. So it's a, it's a battle between uh, God's people that Satan is going after. And so it's not just like my individual experience and whether I'm feeling oppressed right now or I'm, uh, I feel, I'm feeling under attack. It's, no, there, there is an overarching uh, attack on God's covenant people. Mm. And it comes from a, a large... Thing, as we get into it, the you know through the state you talked about that you talked about Star Wars and so there's there's this battle but it's a battle against a, God's people, you know and ultimately Christ, uh, as you know Satan battles Christ and he's going after his people, right? No, I I think of that as a parent, mm-hmm. like uh, Josh, you don't have children yet. Dan, you have a son. I have a daughter. Um, I'm a youth worker, and so I see, man, I I see 
choices kids make mm-hmm. that are, is leading them away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then, and I think, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that actually believes that God gives us a powerful thing mm-hmm. called choice. Mm-hmm. But I also know that the enemy is wanting to trip kids up also. Mm-hmm. And to bring addiction into their lives, to take their focus mm-hmm. away from Jesus, to allow doubt, to not teach them how to become critical thinkers, which is, that's the gift of doubt, but to cause them to reject the faith yeah. without thinking it through. Yeah. You know? And, um, and how does that happen? It happens through ideas, through ideologies, through... Uh, very subtle messaging and marketing and all of these things, lies that are are being propagated throughout our society uh, via social media, via whatever medium you you choose to use. It's it's drawing people away and bringing them into some form of bondage away from Christ. I mean, would you would you agree? No, totally. I mean, it's Paul who said, "We wrestle not against flesh and blood." Mm-hmm. But against what we're talking about here, mm-hmm. the principalities and powers uh, in the heavenly realms, mm-hmm. and so you have uh, you have the enemy active, and you have humanity broken and active, mm-hmm. and the two is a lethal combination. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes I have felt like I have made choices that is based purely on my own sinful nature. Yes. The enemy didn't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. I got there on my own. Yeah. Like I'm I I I just went that way because yeah. I have my own tendency towards sin. Mm-hmm. But then there have been times when I'm like, no, this is the enemy right here. Mm-hmm. And how I have you ever felt like how how have you been able to figure out I feel like there's some spiritual warfare happening. Are there some signs for you? Uh, Dan, when you're like, mm, this feels like something more than just physical. Yeah, and that's well, it's a it's a good question. Uh, it's probably one I should think about more. But uh, I think there that there's a spiritual sense. I mean, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, and I think that at certain times, for me at least, uh, red flags or warning signs have gone off. Uh, in my spirit, when things are coming against, like when they're really coming against my marriage Mm. or they're trying to destroy some part of me that my identity or or something like that, something really like what you, yeah, core, yeah. And that, that, that is, that appears more than just a trial because we do have, God allows us to go through trials, through suffering, things like that to, and those things should and, and often do if, if we press into them, they strengthen us and they draw us closer to God. But there's something where you just have a sense that it's just evil. It's just not right. Yeah, there's something, <laughs> there's something behind what is happening. Yeah. Someone is pulling the strings here. Yeah. For me, it's, it t- I'm, I feel like I'm dense. Maybe mm. I'm getting better but I feel like it takes about four or five things to happen Mm -hmm. before I go, oh, hold on a second. 
there's something at work here that's not just physical. There's something behind this. And it takes, and I I wish I could immediately, I don't always, I would say most of the time, I don't immediately go, oh, this is like the enemy is after us mm-hmm. in this situation. I normally come to that conclusion after four or five things have happened mm-hmm. that yeah. you go, okay, something, something's going on here. We need to pray into this. Mm-hmm. And typically when we pray, it ends that mm-hmm. series of things that keep happening. And um, I'll give you a silly example um, that I don't think is very silly. Um, my wife for years had has had falls. She'll just trip mm. and hurt herself. It started when we were in our 20s. We were in the kitchen at the church. There wasn't, uh, uh, there was just cement floors. So they didn't have like, in kitchens code, you're supposed to have, you know, those rubber mats mm-hmm. by the sink, by the ice machine. Mm-hmm. Our church didn't have that. She walked by the ice machine. There was melted ice there. She slipped. Ooh. And really got hurt, and then she, and then from then on, falls, falls, kept tripping, falls. Years go by. Now she is in seminary, and she's sitting in a spiritual warfare class. And the professor goes, sometimes the enemy will really go after us to just torment us. And he goes, I have heard of people consistently falling and they've prayed and it's ended the falls. She came home and she's like, Brock, I just feel like maybe the enemy has been literally tripping me up, keeping me from a flourishing life. And I'm not joking. She would trip once a month and get hurt. And this happened Hmm. for 10 years. Oh. Like... It was, I would be, it almost became the family joke. We prayed and that sucker broke. Like she went years. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's like done. Mm -hmm. And that's when you go, okay, maybe that sounds silly, but maybe that's not silly. Like, does the enemy literally care about tripping up your health? Uh, placing you like she literally became fearful constantly worrying if she was going to fall and get hurt and when we prayed that sucker ended now you you can take with that what you you can interpret that however way mm-hmm. you want brock that's just psychology mm-hmm. or maybe is there something deeper than that and i just feel like i don't want to be the extreme person that blames satan for everything I don't want to be the ignorant person that acts like he doesn't exist. Maybe I need to just be in tune and aware and follow the signs. Sometimes it's three, four, five things happen, and then I go, all right, we got to jump on this. Mm-hmm. This feels like it's more than just physical. In, in this uh, passage, Revelation 12 and 13, um, we have the context of the early followers of Jesus um, and in the midst of the emperor saying, you must worship me as Lord and Mm -hmm. God, and they're not even able to function in their businesses unless they do this. Mm -hmm. And 
John then writes about what's called the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. Six, six, six. I'm what picturing you... my my Iron Maiden posters when yes. I was in uh, yes. high school <laughs> yes. right now. Ozzy Osbourne on the cover of his albums with the upside down cross uh, yeah. would scare us. Dude. It didn't scare me. <laughs> yeah, you were into that. It always oh, yeah. scared well, you, me. Yeah, you were raised a Christian, so raised, you knew better. Yeah. yeah, I was raised to be afraid of Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> now you th- he's just like a silly old man. <laughs> but back then, I was just like, oh, this just guy feels evil. Mm. But the Mark of the Beast, let's talk about that. What did you grow up hearing about the Mark of the Beast, Dan? Josh, feel free to jump in. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean... Growing up, I mean, it was uh, again in a in a household. I wasn't raised in a Christian home, and so my my parents, there was no religious, spiritual influence or uh, anything in my home, and and so my early experiences with six 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 and all of that came through uh, music I was listening to like Dio and uh, like Iron Maiden Dude, do and- you remember the Christian band DeGarmo and Key yeah they had that song six 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 <laughs> that was like Christian version of it <laughs> yeah and so I I was actually in my uh, high school years I was fascinated with the occult. Mm. So I got I got into that. Did anything that you as a non-believer, did anything ever freak you out or were you just fascinated? Did you believe in spirituality at least back then or not really? Oh, like- absolutely. I believed 100% that there was a God and there was evil. I, I, I absolutely believe that. That's interesting. Why do you think, now your family was not religious. No. But you believed, was it the movies? Was it the music? Yeah, I think it was <clears throat> a little bit of both. I mean, watching The Exorcist and a lot of horror movies. I think, and I've, and I've heard this is, honestly, I, I don't know how effective this is, but there, there is an aspect to, if you can admit that there's evil, I mean, there, then there has to be good, right? Mm. And that, that's what that what what was uh, C.S. Lewis's journey. Mm-hmm. He saw Hitler speak, mm-hmm. and he went, "Okay, there's something behind that man that's mm-hmm. very evil." And yeah. it got him to. It, it, the weird thing is, it got him to God. Mm-hmm. Eventually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, I wouldn't say that for me that it. It intellectually got me to God because I had a whole other experience where God just came into my life and said, "Hey, you're not gonna you're not gonna worship that. You're gonna worship me." Mm. And so it's yeah, it was it was pretty powerful. But I absolutely believed when I was growing up. So you're a teenager, Dan. I'm gonna jump in your story. You're say you get saved. You get into a youth group. You start growing in the faith. You're an older teenager now. And uh, when did you first start hearing teaching about from the church about the mark of the beast? Yeah, I would say probably a couple years in in our, in our youth group, and and just and I was in a charismatic church, 
Right. I got saved in a Baptist church, but then after a year or so, went to a Foursquare church and very much alive with believing that there is, you know, in the Holy Spirit, but also that there's demonic powers and and uh, the Baptist church was was more of that. Hey, we we believe it's real, but we don't want to we don't want to talk about it or address it. And uh, but yeah, that's when I was more exposed to that. Right. So yeah. when I heard about it, for me, it was like um, there will come a day. It was mm-hmm. all future. Mm-hmm. So we've been trying to teach Revelation and keep it in its first century mm-hmm. context and then go, okay, how does this now apply to us? Mm-hmm. How did the original reader read this? Mm-hmm. Okay, now how does this apply to us? And so, but for me, it was who cares about the original reader? <laughs> that's, yeah. the, that's the church I grew up in. Who yeah. cares about them? This is all future anyways. It had nothing to do with them. That was the thinking. Yeah. And so in my mind, I was thinking there's going to be, and I believe this is still true. Mm-hmm. I, I think both can be true. I think, and I think you see this in, in the passage where just when you think the beast is dead, it rears its ugly head in a different form. And mm-hmm. every generation has this person, people, system that the enemy uses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that one day, uh, I don't know that there will be a mark mm-hmm. on a they, the scriptures uh, in Revelation. I think it's I think it might be thirteen, mm-hmm. where it's on the forearm, yeah. on the hand, and on the, the hand and the forehead. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know that, but the principle is there might come a day when the system in place is set up against followers of Jesus. Yeah, And that for was sure. very true in the first century. The system is set up against those who are saying, Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And there might come a day in which something similar could happen. It's already happening around the world. Yeah, I think if we look back to, it's amazing how uh, recent it is in our history just within the 20th century, we saw uh, the rise of Nazism and Germany at that time. I think it's very obvious that there was, uh, you know, what we saw was that um, there was some kind of mark. There was a, I mean, the when you, you're basically, the, the state comes in and is, and is an extension uh, it's like God mm. to the people and the people worship it. And at that time, I mean, you know, Heil Hitler, the the swastika, uh, what they were literally doing in those days is they were taking down the crosses in the churches and they were putting up swastikas. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. And they took out the Bibles and they put in Mein Kampf. So they were, this this propaganda, all of these lies and and- Again, this was a mark. You had to wear these armbands yep. with the swastika on it, and you had to worship the state. You had to worship Hitler. You had to worship um, the, uh, you the, know, the Third Reich. Yeah, yeah, all of it, the whole thing. Yeah, and you think about the mark of the beast in Nazi Germany, that was the swastika. 
Yep. If you're a business, yep, and you don't have that mark on your front window mm-hmm. for your business, that is, you're saying I'm not for uh, Nazism. I'm not for Hitler. I'm and what did they for. do to those people? Yeah, they destroyed those businesses. Yeah. And so, dude, so that's what's happening in the first century mm-hmm. among followers of Jesus mm-hmm. is it gets to the point where if you are not a part of the worship of the emperor, that cult, mm-hmm. then it be, it's very obvious. Mm-hmm. You do not have uh, the sign on your storefront window. Mm-hmm. Um, you do not have the mark that says you're in mm-hmm. with Caesar. You're in with the emperor. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it, it may, more than likely, we think anyway, it was Domitian. Mm-hmm. Whoever it was, you're worshiping him, not Jesus anymore. Otherwise, you are going to be, uh, you're going to be suffering mm-hmm. or worse. And so um, I think that maybe that's the application. You read uh, Revelation 12 and 13, and the choice then becomes, who will I worship? Mm. And this is sacri- sacrificial. This mm-hmm. will, if I choose Jesus, mm-hmm. this is not a song I'm going to sing. Mm-hmm. Worship is lifestyle. So it's like, who gets my all of my attention? Who will I adore? Mm-hmm. Who has my undivided allegiance, even if it means suffering for me and my family? Mm-hmm. And that's the question. And we're not there at all in the, in the U.S. I mean, a lot of Christians think we're um, uh, being persecuted. I don't, I don't no. think we're, I, we're worshiping just fine Sunday mornings mm-hmm. in our churches in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But um, there, there are places right now where this passage rings so true to Christians Mm-hmm. Think about Christians in Palestine right mm-hmm. now. Christians in Palestine or Christians in Israel. Or China. Christians in China or in the Middle East in Muslim countries mm-hmm. or radical Muslim countries. Mm-hmm. This rings so true. Who will I adore? And if it's Jesus, this is gonna. This could cost us everything. Mm-hmm. And that's the context mm-hmm. of this passage. Who will? Will, will I worship Jesus in the midst of difficulty? And uh, it's quite, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's, that's a good place for us to kind of wrap up mm-hmm. is, um, man, who, who today, who, who's, who, who am I going to, uh, who's going to capture my imagination today? Mm-hmm. Um, what am I going to focus on today? Am I aware that God is with me, that Jesus is with me? And at the same time, he is on the throne and he is the king. And there might be some things that are happening in uh, your life mm-hmm. that are difficult and you're having a hard time trusting and you're in the middle of it all. And maybe it's there's some spiritual attack against you, against your family. Mm-hmm. And this passage is saying, lean into Jesus. Mm -hmm. Worship Jesus through the storm. Because in the end, Mm. he wins. 
Yeah. Which means we win. Absolutely. Yeah. He wins. We win. And so if you're listening today, we just want to encourage you. Um, may your focus be Jesus. May your affections for him be stirred up today. May your love for him increase. May your trust in him go through the roof. May you not fear. Do not fear because Christ is with you. He is on the throne. And even in the midst of the messiness, people sin against us. The enemy is trying to trip us up in the midst of all that. Mm -hmm. But we have a God who loves us, who is all powerful, Mm -hmm. who is with us, who is for us. And so let him be your strength. Let him draw you close. Let him be your focus. Amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. Pastor Mark, we miss you, brother. Excited yeah. for you to get back. Dan, you are the best. <laughs> Man, come on. Dan jumping in here last minute. I loved uh, it. I reached out last night, maybe, and was like, dude, you want to jump in here? And uh, here he is looking cool and fit. <laughs> Dan is fit. Dan is very fit. Dan works out. Yeah. I'm 55, man. I got. I have to work extra hard. <laughs> to... Dude, me too. And I'm not working extra hard. I've got, I've got to jump into that. Anyway, thank you guys so much. Peace All right. out. Bye.